Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we're talking about Season 1, Episode 4, M. Night Shemalians. Here's Aaron with the recap. Rick is abducted by a faction of aliens called the Zygerians, the galaxy's most ambitious and least successful con artist. They put him through an interlocking series of simulations all designed around one goal, to get Rick to give them the secret formula to concentrated dark matter, which allows for high-speed interstellar travel. Jerry was accidentally abducted alongside him. Since he is of little concern to the aliens, they throttle back his simulated reality to 5% of its normal power, concentrating the rest on fooling Rick. This leads to Jerry having the best day of his life as he experiences one unearned low-resolution success after another. So, Aaron, what do you think of this episode? Uh, I really like this episode. It's just Rick ask, acting even more bizarre and random than normal, and just like crazy situation after crazy situation, and it allows you to kind of figure things out as you go. And, you know, I, I don't know. I like uh, I like this stuff. I like stuff like The Matrix and even <laughs> like The in- Inception, where it's like, you know, you think you... You think you understand the world, and it turns out that Zion's just a construct that the robots wants you to think that it was your idea. And that stuff is fun, and this is kind of like the craziest 30-minute animated version of that. I like little lines like Jerry's. I got an erection the size of an East Coast lighthouse. Uh, I also kind of like the Dilbert-style poking fun of corporate life, both in Jerry's just kind of pathetic plot and the management of the Zygerians. You know, it's like mm-hmm. where the David Cross aliens, like, oh, I guess it's nobody's fault. Well, then that's a like I, it, that that stuff. I think is is really funny. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm kind of a sucker. I it's weird because they're playing with a lot of tropes of you know simulations within simulations and it's been all done before yeah uh but the thing that rick and morty does is it sort of deconstructs it and sort of laughs at it and it just has a good time with those concepts and and doesn't take itself or the concepts too seriously so i i really liked it um i i also found (laughs) man jerry just gets sadder and sadder every episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's pretty bad this is this has got to be the lowest point for him so far. Um, and, and this idea of Rick being, you know, kind of one of the smartest people in the entire universe and being constantly vigilant, uh, which is really brought out by the the stinger at the end. Yeah. Uh, there's just so much to dig into there. This is the I'm first stinger that actually does narrative work, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, Jerry gets fired. And you would never really know that unless you you watch the stinger. That's true, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this there's something really, especially Jerry, pathetic about Jerry p- clinging to this disappearing fake. <laughs> it's fake on multiple levels, right? Fake trophy that he's you know it's like and he just kind of sobs to himself. It's it's so ter- it's so terrible for the guy. I mean, I love to watch it though. Yeah, Jer- Jerry is not the greatest of human beings either. No. Uh, he, you know, get gets angry very easily, lashes out, hurts people around him, is is lazy to a fault, mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff. And it's kind of fun to watch this roller coaster of him getting rewarded for his laziness and his sort of mediocrity, and then having that shown for what it is and taken away. I don't know what it says about Jerry that he's got like this imposter complex, you mm-hmm. know, because they've got that like phenomenon that like. 
the smarter and more informed you are, the less sure of yourself you are, and the stupider you tend to overestimate your competence because you know why? Why wouldn't you? Which is hilarious because I think Jerry's got the worst of both. Yeah, he's somehow stupid and overestimates himself or underestimates himself and has this fraud complex. Yeah, and that's man. I don't. It's it's weird because like, is he? Is he really a highly functional person just crippled by anxiety and self-doubt and he's like and he's trying to do the fake it till you make it which is an effective therapeutic tool it's like uh if you want to be more confident uh pretend like you're a confident person act like you think a confident person works and like it kind of tricks you Mm -hmm. um but if he's if he's trying that advice he's he's doing a really terrible job really low effort job of uh trying to appear confident so i yeah. oh yeah my, my favorite moment in this whole thing is when he wins this award and he comes home and he's making love to beth and he's during the sex he's screaming are you hungry for apples yeah and then he immediately rolls over and he's overcome by his fraud complex which i'm right. not even sure that's the correct term is it actually a complex if you're really a fraud uh, that's true <laughs> because that's true. jerry does the lowest effort work here Hung- hungry for apples is a bad pitch i think yeah it's hilarious to me i love that moment it's weird because like jerry does feel like a real contradiction to me like he he is like it's one end of his personality shouldn't work like, mm-hmm. if he's really this dumb and a big of a failure, then uh, I can't believe he's, like, this crippled by self-doubt. I wish every stupid person was this crippled by self-doubt. <laughs> um, but if he is, like, smart and fun, he's just, like, crippled by anxiety, then, like, where does all of this, like, you know, unearned confidence and, you know, like, this affected swagger and, like, because like, he, I don't know, he's, he's like a guy who thinks he's the, the you know, Wally Beaver's dad whatever uh, was he did he have a name or is he just dad a little before my time if i was a psychologist i'd write a book because i, I do feel like yeah. there's a lot of like kind of people that sympathize a lot around the margins with jerry mm-hmm. and like you know there's the you can you can get help for all the problems that jerry's suffering from and you can stop driving your friends and family members around you crazy uh but, the, uh, the thing that really stuck with me there's a line in here where jerry says this is just the first pitch he's ever sold yeah <laughs> and i'm like how long have you been an ad man? That's if, true. If you've only sold this one pitch in an artificial simulation, <laughs> yeah, that implies that you have never sold anything. You can't have been an ad man long. One of the things that's super pathetic is not so much that he succeeds in this like very easy simulation of his life where everything is just set to affirm whatever he does, mm-hmm. and it's it's cr- crucially good or bad. Yeah, you know, um, gets like, himself fired and then rehired. Yeah, like this world was—it's just going to go along because it's—it it doesn't have time to think about stuff. Some of the stuff he goes along with, like human music. <laughs> the fact that uh-huh. Beth is literally the way they portray her is like a marble statue. Uh, like he finds her and she's still gripping the phone, and he's just so oblivious to and like so desperate and sex starved that uh, you know he doesn't even notice that she's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, uh, it's, and, and the fact that, you know, he, the, the, you know, the fact that you do a hungry for apples campaign in a world that has got milk, you know, the, the fact that yeah. you, would, that, that's like your, it, it, it's, it's not like one of a, it's not the pitch that you have to make the other pitch look good. It's just like, that's the thing you prepared for. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's the depths of Jerry's mediocre depravity, I think is interesting. <laughs> Uh, it'll be interesting as we continue to discover facets of these these characters. Like, I, yeah, like what is Jerry's damage? Am yeah. I? 
am I rooting for him to get better? Am I rooting for Beth to pull the plug? Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm rooting for both because like I, it's like almost like they're locked in this death struggle between the two, and like there's never going to be any movement. You know, it's just going to be one uh, high emotion, unearned uh, reset of the relationship after another. And then the other side of this is Rick, um, who is very self-assured, is very confident in everything he's doing. And yet we sort of see that broken down here a little bit because by the end of this episode, by the stinger, he it becomes clear that he has to doubt everything yeah. about his world at all times. Yeah. And that's kind of the price he pays for being one of the most intelligent people alive uh, is you constantly have people after what you've got. Right. And, and it, it just, that would seem to be a recipe for madness. How do you ever settle into anything? And it might be, you know, this might be a, a cause of a lot of the symptoms we see in Rick with that sort of like nihilistic attitude and this transient uh, understanding of everything in the universe that he can't ever feel like he has anything because someone's trying to take it from him mm-hmm. at all times. Yeah, it would be, um, it would be really interesting to see like some kind of um, neutral frame of reference uh, examination of Rick's past. Because <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, like, yeah. you know, without spoilers, like, they do, there are hints about, like, you know, his damage from here and there. But a lot of, like, when I think back of them, cleverly, a lot of them uh, kind of like are in setups, like, episodes like this one, where it's like, oh, did we actually see Rick's past? Or was it so, kind of like a simulation? Or was it a trickery or fool? Was he trying to take emotional advantage? Like, what we do mm-hmm. is we get glimpse of, like, you know, does, like, uh, does he care about Morty, you know, yeah. for example? Does he care about, you know, what Beth thinks of him? You can make an argument that a person with Rick's arsenal of knowledge uh, has to, like, you know, if Rick went to therapy, they'd be like, well, you're hypervigilant and you need to relax. But what if he relaxes and a gang of criminals get super right. concentrated dark matter and destroy the universe with it? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a big stakes there. So, like, maybe he has to be. And, and maybe he used to be a much chiller guy and the, the demands of his intellect have kind of put him in this prison of, of madness. And, right. Uh, which is it's a, it's a fun little spice. It is. Uh, the, the other side of it is also if you are overly paranoid Mm -hmm. there are real very real consequences for instance in this episode if rick is overly paranoid and he's not actually in a simulation within a simulation within a simulation he he blows himself and morty up right when he gives morty the the recipe for the bomb right and has him you know go ahead and just pour it all together in the ship there if he's wrong and he's he's actually in the real world now Mm -hmm. he's done yeah so there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that, too. And also, like, you can tell like, in the stinger when he's going in holding the knife to, ri- like, that's not a real rigorous attempt to determine whether you're in a simulation or not. You're just drunk <laughs> and paranoid and hopped up on some kind of alien yeah. drugs. So it's like, even with that j- immense responsibility and the, you try to feel a little bit of pity, it's like, you're still do- going about it pretty half-assed, uh, you know, self-destructive way there, Rick. Um, where did you... So one of the things I think was fun about this episode is on rewatches trying to figure out like the different points where Rick convinces himself that yeah. this is a simulation or like at what point did he was he ever fooled 
And after watching it several times, I'm kind of convinced that at no point has he ever fooled. I think I agree with that. Um, and obviously, it's like I I wouldn't contend that that last one he's like mixing the chemicals that he's you know just his whole performance is uh, no I know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. But like then once I became convinced of that you keep watching it, you look for all the points where like not only is Rick convinced, but he's also because he's such a vindictive shit. He's he's also like extracting maximum emotional like like he's saying things that are like red meat to these Nigerians, so they're like encouraging them to revel and rub his nose and his failure just so that their mm-hmm. ultimate failure will be even more enjoyable to him. Sure. But then you realize that his ultimate his ultimate scheme is to destroy them utterly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why is he even doing this? Because they're not going to be around the gloat over. Right. It's but it's him like when he kicks back and plays, you know, the sax solo, it's like he doesn't even give a shit. Mm-hmm. It's this is literally all for his gratification. Yeah. I mean that's who Rick is. Uh, it's also interesting to me that we see a moment that in the moment you think is a genuine uh, thing between Rick and Morty where he's playing with him. You know, they're they're taking time out to play with these processors and just yeah. have a good time and horse around. Yeah. When it's finally revealed that this was all part of the ruse, it becomes almost as sad as Jerry's portion of the episode to me. Because we've never seen Rick do that in in yeah. what we view as the real world. Yeah, and to know, like, so, like, what's your, because we might have a different opinion on that, because, like, my opinion is that Rick was um, just going, th- he he knew that Morty was a simulation, was going uh, through the motions. Exactly. I agree with that. Okay. Which so makes like, it super sad. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm because saying. Because we so, never see him do that in real life. Yeah, so, like, so, so that just proves that Rick could be more of an emotionally yeah. available. Like, even if he doesn't feel it, he knows the correct things to do with kids that would be fun for them and a bonding experience. Uh-huh. He just only does it to fool a Zigerian so that they'll like, destroy them, obliterate themselves at the end. Yeah, kind of fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I can be a good grandpa, but only for show to trick aliens so I can murder them. <laughs> Yep. There was, it's like, uh, there is a line where, you know, um, I thought it was interesting from a sophisticated Morty simulation standpoint where, you know, like Rick's trying to explain all this stuff and he's just made him go naked and he's drug him out. And he's like, you know, Rick, if, if everything's just going to be insane today, why can't I be insane with Jessica? And I like, I felt for him there because... Mm-hmm. Okay, like Morty's not even arguing about the fact that it's a simulation. He's like, but if this is just going to be some crazy nonsense day where Pop Tarts are getting in cars, and you know, why why can't I just go <laughs> be with a perfect simulation of Jessica so I can be? It, it's weird because it's essentially the same decision that his dad makes, and it's also weird because he's not really Morty, but he does it with like no sense of like shame or just like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like, hey, it is what it is. Why don't I do this rather than the thing that you're wanting to do? Because it's all about Rick. Yeah. And again, Morty's just a simulation. But yeah. uh, he's uh, assuming he's a sophisticated. Do, so do you think that Rick, because Rick's had several run ins with these characters, obviously. Mm-hmm. Do you think he kills them all at the end? Uh, because they, they like, like, when did he decide to do that? Was it like, uh, was there some real anger about them simulating his grandson's genitals? And like, you guys have crossed the line. Like you, you, you were harmless pranksters, right? You're amusing to me, but now you're actually doing some sick, perverted shit. Uh... <laughs> no, I, I almost question whether concentrated dark matter is even a thing, or Rick made this up in order to get to the Zigerians. Sure, off, to once and for all get them off his back. Right, right. 
Uh, I yeah, it's it's a good question. There's a lot to uncover about Rick in this episode. I mean, he clearly has a bunch of sophisticated technological advantages, but it would be a very mm-hmm. Rick play to call them a bunch of random dumb names. So if you come looking for it, he knows that you're an idiot. Yeah, trying to steal his shit. Mm-hmm. Human music. I like it. All right, Jim, it's time for Plot to the Future, where we calibrate our portal guns of dimension BM-77 and peer through it to access behind scenes, the scenes details, trivia, spoilers for future podcasts, that kind of stuff. If this is your first time through Rick and Morty, maybe you want to hit the exit ramp here, uh, because who knows? Who knows what horrors lurks in BM-77? So I thought it was interesting, the behind-the-scenes stuff where Dan and uh, Justin were talking about this and how nervous they were because, to them, this felt like uh, keeping the audience in the dark uncomfortably long. Like, yeah. they're not, you know, the, there's there's no real indication of what the hell is going on until you get through the first, like, simulated reality. Um but it's interesting because, like, I didn't feel any of that tension watching. Like, I wasn't, like, mm-hmm. 10 minutes, like, staring at my, my clock because it's, like, they had already trained me that Rick and Morty gets up to weird, bizarre shit. And it'll probably – that curiosity would probably be rewarded. So just just watch. Exactly. That was the hook for me. Yeah. Uh, I was watching it thinking, okay, they're going to reveal at some point what's happening. What is going on here? Mm-hmm. Uh, I also thought it was weird that, uh, or interesting that, like, uh, there was a like controversy in the writers' room about the the butt flap joke. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot, there are a lot of throwaway silly jokes, and, and I think in the show, like, because they didn't really let Dan, because everybody's kind of like talking over everybody and just you know whatever. Because Justin's like, no, nah, I gotta have my butt flaps, but mm-hmm. I think his only problem is like what. Because it seems like Dan thinks a lot about like who is this scene playing for, and you know when you're when you're like two still nested simulations deep, uh, why inside this simulation does one of your assistants come in and talk about like your your anal your anal flap discoloration procedure? I mean, it's to knock the the leader of the Zygerians down a peg, right? Right, but it has no like inside. It doesn't make sense inside its own universe. It's just funny. Sure, but like, sure. I guess like Justin's contention, and I probably second that. Is sometimes it's okay just to be funny. I think so. Yeah, like maybe it's also like uh, this a little bit of Zygerian patheticness that mm-hmm. like this guy, even inside his own, even in his grandest plan, yeah. he still has his underlings embarrassing him and underperforming, et cetera, et cetera. So, I I thought it was fine. Fine. Uh, did you know that the Appy Awards, they, they wanted to call this the Appy Awards, but apparently mm-hmm. there is a real awards show for apps? I guess so, yeah. Like mobile apps called the Appies, and uh, there there might have been some legal pugilism there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see it. it. This award is not really shown in the best of lights. So not only that, but like it, it would probably instantly dominate the search results for like, imagine how uh-huh. humiliating it would be to have like an app <laughs> award show. And then like when you're trying to sell tickets to it in Las Vegas, you know, the Appy Awards nine and in, in September 2019 at the uh, fucking Luxor. Like if the top result of like the first three pages of Google is just all a bunch of Rick and Morty fan wikis and references to subreddits and episode descriptions. Yeah. So I yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Um, there's also a deleted scene. I, I think we oh, talked I a lot I about this. I didn't check this. this out. So apparently, you know, uh, I think we both enjoyed this scene where Rick goes to his idea to crash the simulation is to go to a park, get a big crowd to show up, and then 
you know, like they're saving some power doing crowd simulations, like, mm-hmm. you know, like Weta did with Massive and Lord of the Rings. But he starts pairing them off and saying, like, all the men do this, all the da da da. And then it gets more and more sophisticated. And eventually, this math to do the simulation breaks down and they run out of computer power and they glitch out and they can get away. Yeah. In the original version, um, Morty started rapping and the rap was so bad it, re- it, it rebooted the computer. Oh, they included that scene because I know they talked about it in the commentary. Yeah, no, they had it. It's it all at the animatics. It was all yeah, Justin's, yeah. like you know, okay. rip rapping and stuff, and it didn't really play. Gotcha. Because like, I think this plays much more. Yeah, yeah. Because like, what I mean, what is a rap so bad that a computer would reboot over it? Like, yeah. there's a lot of different metrics, and they tried to go. I think with like the flow wasn't great, and it was like random similes and metaphors and. And they hadn't set that up. Like the thing that they do so brilliantly, brilliantly, yeah, uh, is is they use words in the English language. Uh, Always helps. Always helps. I find they set up the fact that there is limited computing power, right? Mm -hmm. And so when when Rick goes and he breaks it by overloading the systems, it makes perfect sense, right? Because they had to turn down Jerry's simulation to divert the power to this one. They would have had to insert something to say, "Hey, this is a machine that you know." interprets rap and tells you how good it is and there's or just no way Nigerians of making that work just revere rap like it's like they're it's their opposite of their nudity right yeah it's like russians and ballet it's just, just like uh-huh. hey, they they just fucking yeah it's just, or just like the nudity thing it's like, or, or they make them quirk. shut the simulation down because they hate morty's rap so much right? yeah 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 like this is such bad rap and they're such connoisseurs that they just like oh god nah, yeah and which they already boy you'd, you'd be going through the well so you'd either have to ditch the uncomfortable old man nudity which is funny Mm -hmm. or the you know admittedly terrible rapping which is only funny and if it's if it's like morty trying that's the other thing is like morty would have to they'd almost make morty cooler if he like made a rap so bad just off the cuff (laughs) that it destroyed the computer Uh so yeah i i I like where the the i I, what what they ended up coming up with seemed like it was a lot uh, a lot better is there a term for hating hating rap music other than just being old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Because I mean, there is a term. I looked it up for not being able to stand nudity. Is it's, there? It's gymnophobia. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's not just being terrified of you. It's... It's, what, what, it's also what, being terrified of my dick. What What's, uh, like, tariff, ter- like being afraid to see a gym naked? It's a gym, the gym... And gym, the gym, the gym, the gymnophobia. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh, okay. The, I, the more you know. The I just more thought that was interesting. The more you know. One other thing I noticed is like there's a conspicuous part of the shrapnel that came out of the Zygerian explosion, and it's just a it's just a classic porcelain commode. It's oh, like a large okay. recognizable piece of debris coming out of that. At like, and I just happened to like on my 17th time watching it, happened to hmm. notice it, and that's why whoever did that, whoever decided to do that, I, I, I saw I saw it and I appreciated it. N- nice to know that's a universal design. Yeah. Felt like uh, Alien Rampage, you know, just like a toilet mm-hmm. come flying out of this explo- explosion. Pickle Me This is distributed by Bald Move in association with Starburns Audio. It's produced by Jason Smith and Scott Porch from Starburns and myself, Manayron, from Bald Move. All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com and starburns.audio. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at club.baldmove.com. 
to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media at Bald Move. See you next time.